Time for trending topics. Trending news right now. Looking at what's happened then in social media in the last 72 hours, Atli Mulefe joins us who is social commentator. Atli, hello, Jet Setter. How are you doing? <laughs> hello, Asanda. I'm well, thanks for having you. I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm still, I'm just still adjusting mentally. I don't think I was ready for Monday, but we'll see. Uh, and we'll make it happen and, and be what it needs to be. So we're talking hashtag the face app that people are going on about on Twitter. So there's an application that uh, alters one's looks and how does this work? And finance or former finance minister Tito Mbaweni decided to have a go at this and uh, people reacted, of course. Um, so the app has been making rounds a lot on Twitter in the previous weekend. And I think um, one of the like p- people on Twitter discovered that influencers actually use that app to alter their look. And that, that's why it actually makes them look different. And it also makes them look really beautiful. And um, um, so I think now there has been a conversation around the app and people just trying it out. Um, so everyone is just confused as to how an app can be able to alter a person in a, in, in a very different way. There's already so many filters, I mean, anyway, that we use on our faces when we we see people posting and they don't really look, you know, as natural or as, you know, they would probably look if you saw them face to face. Has it become the norm then? Because, I mean, we used to shudder at these types of things. We always used to encourage people to be as natural as possible. Now it's becoming very popular. Um, That's true. I think... um people being given that platform and people to used to using those apps to enhance their beauty as something that's becoming more and more common because now we're no longer trying to set restrictions on beauty and even though we didn't like the apps at first and before we're completely shutting them down i think that now we're becoming more receptive but also even at the same time on twitter there was also a whole uh, conversation around it where people were still trying to um, you know, advise other people not to use the app completely. So I think we're still in the fence about it now. We're accepted, but to a certain extent. So what do you make of this picture? What do you think? Uh, the one that uh, former Minister of Finance posted, Titon Boweni, he looks like a completely different person. <laughs> That's true. Um, um, I think that, like, he was also just having, like, fun like everyone else on the TL, and he completely looked different. Um, so I think that now that's like people also started talking about it even more when he did it and even though he was just having fun. Um, so I think I honestly, I don't know, like I think people should be allowed to access the privilege of accessing the app, tapping into the app when they want to and when they see fit without anyone necessarily setting restrictions on it. Uh, but as usual, those apps are used for particular reasons. So just for security purposes also, I think it would be important to also advise people of um, you know, the limitations of actually using the app itself. I saw other faces being done, this, or this face app being applied to. I saw one with the EFF leader, Julius Malema, also our president, Cyril Ramaphosa. I don't know if you saw uh, the others as well. <laughs> Why do you think everyone is focusing on the Tito Mbawedi one and not the others? Because he looked very different on <laughs> the, in his, he was completely. But different did you see Cyril Ramaphosa, our president? 
No, I didn't Did see, see that one. That one. It I looks really like somebody else. One. I mean, this uh, this really? app is supposed to make you look younger, but they don't. They don't only look younger. They look like totally different people. They really do. They really do. I wonder if some of our uh, SFM family members have seen. Uh, they were doing some rounds also on Instagram. That's where I saw the pictures. So it's just wow. It's it's Thank a bit you. funny, but also a bit scary, don't you think? It is scary. Hansel saying that like it's scary because. Um, in terms of the security reasons and limitations of using such apps, it's actually quite it, like it's it's very dangerous actually because they they obviously they were created for a specific reason, not just for beauty enhancement, but they were also just created for other things as well. So it's for just for security purposes. I think those limitations people need to be informed about them. I think also the message it sends out. I mean, in terms of us being a society, that is very impressionable in how we may might be moving more and more away from just accepting our naturalness. Mm. Everything seems to be so fake. That's the other thing that makes it scary for me, that, you know, can you trust now what you see? Do you think when we see celebrities and their pictures online, we're going to trust that that's what they look like? Not even, because already we were very skeptical about it. I think this app just now um, made it worse. Mm. And already we've got so many filters. Why do we need a face app? I mean, I don't Not see true. it. <laughs> really, it's like, wow. Yo, it's too much, eh? For um, money and to take data from hey. people. So it's, yeah. But also it's like, you know, we're going to see you face to face. You're going to be booked for an event, I'm saying, in a case of a celebrity. And we're going to see what you look like in real life. And then we'll never... No. We'll never go back to, you know, trusting whatever we see online. But anyway... Hashtag the Clerk Memorial Service. So Twitter opened a space to host this fake memorial service. Um, what happened here? Um, so they were just basically, you know, trolling him most of the time. Um, so I think that space was just created. And even though the memorial service took some time um, and things were said, but um, I think for the most part, it was just to like troll him. It wasn't something that was like as um, so, yeah. And then people were pouring in tributes in Afrikaans. What were people yes. saying then? Uh, people were saying a lot of things and sometimes they're also just reminiscing on the time when they had to do their Afrikaans oral in high school and how much they fumbled about it. Um, so I think that even to some extent when it wasn't as, even though people were talking, it wasn't as serious as it was supposed to, as I said before. Mm. So it was just a, a platform then for people to also speak about the many times when, you know, they fumbled in so many different aspects of their lives and they had to speak Afrikaans. And um, yeah, and, and for the most part, others were also even complaining that like they're listening to that space and some of the things are, conduct- are conducted in Afrikaans and now they don't understand. So, yeah, it was just basically highlighting those disparities in South Africa about the language itself and also just people trying to have a good time in, in that memorial service on the TL, on, on the TL to be honest. Mm. Well, Declerc's death has gotten the country talking. I think the country's still talking about it, but uh, yeah. the, the family of Declerc did confirm that this was a fake uh, memorial service and they are going to hold a private funeral. Do you think yeah. on the part of the family this would be seen as insensitive, this fake memorial service? Um, I think so, because when people started creating the hashtag and people were like laughing about it, 
um, I, that's when I actually, because I, I didn't really access, I just went into the space for a bit and then I left. Um, so I think that it was quite insensitive to them. Um, hence, I think holding something private could like, give them a, a space to be able to um, think about all the moments that they've shared with the uh, with declare. If you were the family, would you want to take action against something like this? Because, I mean, it raises again the debate on when people are public figures and, you know, sort of that privacy being removed and, and maybe feeling like the, they belong to the country and therefore certain things fall away in terms of things like respect and, uh, you know, observing certain things that we normally would when somebody does pass away. If you were a family of, of the clique, would you want to take action against this? Uh, no, I think not. I think just outside of uh, being a public figure, thinking about the South Africa's you know, uh, political state and how he was before and how things um, you know, happened over time, I think that it wouldn't really be um, an important thing to do uh, because of how he's now conceptualizing society. I think even though he's deserving of being a human being, I think actually doing things also in a private space would grant them that sort of you know space to be able to share his life. But um, taking an action against this would definitely just be a waste of time, I think. Yeah. So yeah. they must just let it go. Well, they yeah. have issued a statement that he's going to be cremated in a private ceremony on Sunday, uh, the 21st of November. As much as it is private, do you think certain dignitaries, maybe the president currently of South Africa, should be there? Um, I think so, because there was also even a conversation about whether or not he's deserving of, like, you know, a national or people who are dignitaries funeral. Um, so I think that the president also issued a statement saying that he's waiting for the foundation to disclose information about um, the funeral itself. So I think that he ought to be there, um, whether we like it or not, as a nation or whatever. But I think that there are certain members of parliament who hold specific power who have to attend the funeral. All right. Talking famous figures and uh <laughs> Uh, their private lives or, you know, kind of that, that line being a bit murky when, when it comes to our public figures and celebrities. Uh, Springbok's um, Sia Kolisi was given by a fan something quite different in terms of signing an autograph. on. on. Uh, so a yeah. fan uh, gave him a, a Speedo to sign. Um, yeah, I think... I, I don't know if it was hilarious or what, but I think it was also first and celebrating that victory, we can accept it to some extent. Yeah. So I don't know if there are any repercussions or anything like that. But, I mean, it's it's Andes, though. Why? Where yeah. is the, I don't know. Where do we draw the line, guys? That's a thing. That's also a thing where I'm saying I don't know if there are any repercussions, but if someone consented to it, then, um, yeah, I think he was just, you know, having innocent fun. I'm not sure if it's allowed or not, but, yeah. And I'm just thinking that Lycra material as well. I'm not sure what type of material it was, but normally Speedos are that material. Would you be That's even true. be able to write on that? <laughs> uh, I mean, he tried. Yeah. What can we say? Wow. Yeah, no, people are very interesting. Uh, we are interesting. Let me not say people are. Let me say we are very interesting creatures. So so anyway, uh, they were celebrating then the Springboks, their victory uh, over England. 
I mean, sorry, over, uh, was over it not Scotland? Scotland, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, did you yes, watch yes. it, the match? Uh, pardon? Did you watch the match? Um, no, I didn't watch the match. I really didn't. I just know the highlights, just a bit of highlights. Okay. But in terms of like watching football or rugby the past weekend, no, I didn't. So what can you tell us about this? Um, well, we won, so that's great. Uh, yeah, we Scotland. Won. What can you tell us? Um, so what they had highlighted was that uh, the victory was one of one of the biggest since 2019. I think um, they've played against them before and they've won. Um, and I think the also thing that was just highlighted was just you know the obvious celebration of Afana Afan and how they never like let the country down. So I think most people were really highlighting those sentiments in terms of how proud they are. And they also spoke about Mandimbi, Makizela Mampimpi. I don't know, that like the way he played on that particular match and the victory itself being attributed to him really says a lot about him because I think he's been putting in the work for the longest time. And now that he's actually getting all the credits for it, it's something that's also admirable, I can mm. say that. So yeah. final score, 30-15. That was a great one. And the old Blacks yeah, on their side well. lost, eh? Which is, I mean, sad because we know them to be, you know, top of the crowd. Yeah. So seeing them lose is actually sad. But also it makes us happy because they are our biggest competitor. Well, another team that lost is Bafana Bafana. We lost 1-0 uh, to Uganda yeah. on Sunday. What do you make of this one? That one is sad because we're also on the road to qualifying for the World Cup in Qatar. So it just seems to be, I don't know what needs to happen now, but it's just so sad. So who do you think we should support then? Because now we're not going to be in Qatar. (laughs) Which country now should we be supporting in Africa? Um, I think Ghana has to be that. The ones who beat us, but we should be sour. (laughs) <laughs> yes, but like they have the strongest team, or Ghana or Nigeria in Africa, they or even Egypt also because I think Egypt is also going to be coached by Peter. I'm not sure if it's confirmed yet, um, but if that's the case, I think we can definitely support Egypt then because it still has, you know, someone from South Africa. Yeah. But I think the team itself, I don't know what needs to happen, but like this can't go on for long. What needs to change? Moment, because I mean they've done everything literally. You swap players yeah, around, you change yeah. coaches, you, yeah. you encourage people, and then also you kind of uh, put punitive measures as well. <laughs> former Minister of mm. Sports uh, and, and all the utterances he made there. What needs to happen? Uh, I think just a lot needs to happen in terms of like the players themselves. I think the most important one is to just to dismantle that team and start the team, you know, from scratch. Um, and also just try to make sure that you take most players from, um, you know, development teams. I don't know, like maybe under 70, the people who are like 21, 22. Because I think when you look at um, what's the lowest two, Bafana Bafana, what are they called? Amatita, something like that. Uh-huh. When you watch them play, they're always winning. They're doing so well. I think that we could like take players from that team as well and try to put them into the Bafana Bafana squad. Because I think the team is really suffering. I don't know what's going on. mm, But then again, as you say, Ghana is a strong team. Let's also not forget that, eh? Yeah. 4,000 fans. It's a strong team. Yeah. 4,000 fans were, yeah? Yeah, but I think because of 
also the the fact that we are more we have more facilities and more privileged in terms of like everything else. I think that's why we would expect us to win over Ghana, even though it's a strong team. But I think uh, comparatively, South Africa, in terms of many other things, we are far better than them. So hence, the expectation is that we need to win. Yeah. Yeah. 4,000 fans were allowed to watch uh, this Group G decide. uh, And again, bringing in the topic of, uh, you know, fans being allowed to tune in, uh, um, sorry, to get into stadiums and all of that, talks about a fourth wave coming in December. What do you think should be the move there when it comes to our sports? Um, I think that not having fans was working out to some extent. So I think that now we're not even sure if the fourth wave is coming, even though they're predicting another wave that it's coming. Um, So I think that for now maybe we can try and limit the number of fans that are allowed uh, because 4,000 or that number, it sounds like it's a lot. Maybe like even if we allow about you know, 500 people, or depending on the capacity of the stadium itself, not even half of the number, but just a quarter maybe. Yeah. That would be better, I think, yeah. The, like the one, 150 that were allowed last week Thursday. Yeah, we can say South that. South African Well, it was 200, yeah. but they, they reserved 50 for the the suites, the, the VIP guests. Yeah, okay. we can do that. And maybe it will also just boost player morale. That's true. Let's talk hashtag coalitions finally now. At the, uh, Action SA, they're saying, nope, we don't want to work with the EFF. We're not going to be in coalition in Gauteng metros. They'd already, uh, Action SA said, they don't want to work with the ANC either because mm. they believe that uh, the ANC does not put service delivery at the forefront, and they do, Action SA. Uh, talk to mm. us about why they're now saying no to EFF. Um, so they basically said no to ANC because they, they just have described the party as corrupt and that they don't want to be associated with that party. And the no that they said for EFF is on the same basis, the fact that they are similar to the ANC and therefore now they're going to close all doors to forming a coalition with the EFF as well. They're basing that though on, I guess, the manifesto because the EFF has never run a metropolitan. That's true. Is that, that is fair? true. They, it's not fair because I think they're also basing it on the face of the party itself, um, which is for me, it's it's really not fair and it's not how uh, politics are meant to be. But I think also when it comes to coalition, you also look at the principles first before you even look at whether or not a party can execute that mandate. So I think they looked at the principles and they could see that like they don't have a lot of things in common. Therefore, what is the point of forming a coalition where they would have to compromise then their principles? So uh, the leader then of Action SA, Herman Mashaba, saying that Action SA would go into a coalition, but on the basis of collaborating with parties that prioritize service delivery. So who can we cite as examples then of who they could possibly work with? <laughs> it's so funny, but it's also a party that he left and doesn't want. It's mm. the DA to, to like... A, the cities like maybe in the Western Cape, mostly Cape Town, where they're able to fulfill their mandate or part to that extent. Um, but I think that besides that, because even the DA itself, we can't trust it and it's not a party that he would uh, maybe form a coalition with. So I think for now, there isn't really a better party to put out there as an example of that. 
Action SA is saying they're working tirelessly with uh, other political parties to produce a coalition arrangement that puts the residents first. Which residents? <laughs> Would have to wait and see because I, I, I just feel like they're just all talks, but like in terms of execution and action, we haven't seen much to actually back them up. So we'd have to just wait a bit and see. And I'm, and I'm saying which residents, because we know the sentiments around foreign nationals that come from actually yes. say that are not yes. so favorable. And also, uh, we are an entire country, so our needs are also different. So which residents that would be, we don't know. As you say, we'll yeah. have to wait and see. It's, it's, uh, it's promise time at this, po- at this point and not really action, <laughs> as much as That's they call true. action, I say. <laughs> Uh, but we'll see how that goes. Anyway, the uh, EFF then being accused of being in bed with the ANC, is that taking it too far? Um, it is. Actually, it is. Um, looking at the also the engagement between the two parties, because they're not, you know, so much of friends. They're not really like that. So I think that he just took it too far. Hmm. Well, let's leave yeah. it there. I don't know what your thoughts are on the water cuts. Uh, today we were asking our family members uh, if they believe that we are addressing those water shortage uh, challenges. Do you think this is something that can be fixed? Um, do you think it is something we need to be looking at as a crisis? What are your thoughts? I think it definitely is, and it probably deserves more attention than you know electricity costs and stuff. Because I think so many of the provinces are actually shook to find out that like Kwakwa is like a small town in the free state they've not had water they've had like been experiencing water shedding for over i think about two years now so it's actually quite sad to discover such things and even now that the communication that we're getting that we will not have water for the next 54 hours without necessarily making it known that it's something that's potentially going to happen um it's sad because it shows that like we're not taking it as something that's very important as it's supposed to be. Um, and I think when such things start happening, it, it actually gets scarier. And it, it, it's actually scary to be in South Africa at the moment because things are just happening. And, yeah, we don't know. We really don't know. Yeah. Uh, don't you think also by now we should have received something similar to what we have with load shading in terms of scheduling in certain areas? I mean, if they're saying yeah. uh, that we shouldn't be filling up and, and, and panicking in, in terms of storing water... And, and because there won't be a completely lack of water, but the water will yeah. be flowing into the system at uh, reduced uh, quantities. So by now, should we not have a schedule then in terms of when, uh, you know, the water will actually be available in that reduced quantity? I think we should. And um, it, it's really sad that it's not taken as a priority or something that's important because now everyone is panicking and filling up their, uh, you know, their buckets and stuff without uh, like a clearer uh, conversation yeah. or a clearer you know communication of as to what is going to happen what is happening for how long because it's just something that's in the air yeah well let's leave it there yeah. thank you so much uh for joining us thank and a happy so monday to you hoping a great week ahead for you thank you same to you Asanda. thanks so much atlehang mulefe social commentator discussing social media trends in the last 72 hours.